0: Hey, Ben, I'm getting the car packed up right now because I'm going to Butler, Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving. Hey, that's where I live. Yeah, I'm going over the river, literally, and through the woods, quite accurate, to my cousin's house. Not, well, but not you, my cousin, your sister, my cousin.
1: Yeah, yeah, understood. But it's fortunate because she lives like half a mile away from me. But when I see you, Jason, I'm just curious
0: what you're going to be wearing. I'm going to be wearing an ugly Christmas sweater T-shirt that I just ordered on Amazon.com. But actually what I did is I went to electioncollege.com slash Christmas, and that's where I ordered my T-shirt I'm actually going to go back and order like five more because they're so awesome this year.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we've got those shirts there for you where you can sport your ironic love for history around the Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate or don't celebrate. If you just want to have a cool festive sweater with a historical figure on it, we think you'll look great in one of our ugly Christmas
0: Sweater, T-shirts, something like that. One of those word orders. So instead of podcasting and driving, which is totally not a cool thing to do, it's okay to listen to a podcast while you're driving, but don't podcast and drive. Hey, that could be a (laughs) T-shirt. We're going to replay an episode about the first Thanksgivings. Enjoy. Election College episode 144, A Little History of Thanksgiving. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election
1: college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith.
0: So Ben, I am just going to burst your bubble right now. Okay. Uh Uh-huh pilgrims were not the first group of people to have a thanksgiving in north america
1: i quit i quit the podcast you just destroyed everything for me (laughs) okay i can't i'm not quitting i I can't keep it up yeah the pilgrims get a lot of credit but they didn't really invent the whole thing they didn't they didn't invent the idea of giving thanks stinking pilgrims
0: well i wouldn't go so far to say stinking but (laughs) you know in the early 17th century it was pretty commonplace in well, especially the European countries for governments to say, Hey, we're going to set aside some time to give thanks to God. And that could be if there was a good crop or if droughts were ended or if they defeated an enemy. And, uh, of course the Americans, they had Thanksgiving celebrations when the supply ships would come over from Europe. (laughs) Yeah, obviously
1: on, uh, So we're going to go way back here. We're going to go back to 1565. And we know there was this guy, the Spanish explorer named Pedro Melendez de Avil. He actually invited over this tribe to dine with uh, the Spaniards in St. Augustine, Florida. And there they had the first, well, first that we know of, Thanksgiving celebration.
0: So several decades after that, in 1598, the Spanish team had traversed over 350 miles of Mexican desert, and they got together with some Native Americans there, and they held a Thanksgiving festival over in Texas.
1: Yeah, and this one might sound a little bit more familiar to you. We'll see. On December 4th of 1619, Uh, About 20 miles away from Jamestown in Virginia, 38 settlers come in, and they land on the James River. And they had a charter actually written up that said, when you get there, you'll set aside the whole day that you're there as a day of Thanksgiving. And then after that, every year you'll have a day of Thanksgiving. So they do this for about three years, and then the tradition ceases to exist. Why? Uh, a bunch of the settlers were killed, and the survivors actually fled over to Jamestown, which, spoiler alert, that's going to get interesting too, um, because there was an Indian massacre there in 1622. So, pilgrims, here we are. We're, we're here at the time of the pilgrims.
0: Yeah, so 1621, and keep in mind, in 1620, the pilgrims arrive in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and as you know, it was a rough year. So the pilgrims, they were separatists and separatists were those people who had to leave England because of their disagreement with the Church of England. So they were under some pressure to leave the old world. And Ben, just as a side note, I uh-huh. went back in way, way back in my travel agent days, I had the opportunity to tour around where the pilgrims came from. And it wasn't just like, oh yeah, they lived in England and they left. No, they were essentially kicked out of England or they fled England to get protection in the Netherlands. And so then they were there. There were some negative influences there in in the Netherlands. So they packed up their boats, headed back to England so they could aboard the ship to bring them to North America. So it was quite a journey even on that side of the Atlantic. But they get to North America in 1620. And if you were to come up to a pilgrim and say, hey, if you're going to set aside a Thanksgiving day, what's that going to look like? Well, (laughs) it's going to look somewhat solemn. There's going to be a lot of prayer. There's going to be um, worship and uh, congregational worship, that type of thing. But it's not going to be what we would think of as far as a feast.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, they've got a very small amount of food. They've also got a smaller amount of pilgrims, for lack of a better phrase. They've got a smaller amount of pilgrims left as well. And around come the Native Americans with a bunch of deer. And they have this big, long three-day celebration.
0: Yeah, and so this almost would be considered, if you want to say that there was a secular event that the pilgrims did have, Uh this was as close to it as possible because they're bringing in people from outside of their congregation in in this huge celebration. So uh, remember the name Edward Winslow because he is the fella who chronicled this event in 1621
1: we'll get back into Thanksgiving here in a minute but aren't we an election podcast and things about history and all that kind of stuff I think I think we are uh, yeah. we should probably talk about somebody like George Washington or something that just seems right to me I think our listeners would probably agree George Washington knew that days of thanks thanksgiving days whatever you want to call them were nothing new and whenever uh, the the Brits, surrendered to the Americans, the newly formed Americans. In 1777, the Continental Congress says, you know what, we should get together, give a National Day of Thanks to God. And General Washington says, hey, December 18th sounds like a fantastic day. Wait, wait, I thought it was like, I thought it was in November,
0: Jason, but no, it's in December. Yeah, this before he was president, so.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> But then in 1789, he is president, and he says, here's a proclamation, guys. November 26th, day of Thanksgiving, national. Come on, we're doing the whole 13 colonies. Oh, 13 states. And uh, <laughs> we're going to recognize the role of providence and uh, everything that went along with the United States and the Constitution by this day of Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, so this is where we get really... Election College esque yeah. in this episode, because here we have Washington stating this proclamation, and what he's actually doing is he's saying, Hey, Governors, uh, come here a sec. Will you please have your states observe this event? So in this era, and you know there's a lot of talk about you know the role of the federal government, the role of state's government. That is very clear that Washington was like, okay, hey guys, here's a suggestion from your federal government, from your little <laughs> federal government. Will you do this? And of course, the states were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we like to eat.
1: Yeah, so Washington, you know, like Jason said, it's not a federal holiday. So he actually, uh, in order to give his thanks. He goes to St. Paul's Chapel in New York and attends services there. And then he goes and donates food and beer to imprisoned debtors, uh, which is a great thing to do. And then in 1795, he says, hey, we should all be thankful because we defeated those rebels up there in the Whiskey Rebellion. Um, we should have a day of Thanksgiving. So they do that by proclamation. And then, of course, uh, you know, John Adams comes along and uh, Madison comes along and they all continue to practice days of Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah. So um, Washington and Adams, they are big into proclaiming days of giving thanks and making it uh, very much a, a government type deal where it's recognized. But Thomas Jefferson, depending on how you look at this is the either the voice of reason or the buzz kill (laughs) of the country, because he says public demonstrations of piety to a higher power were inappropriate because of the whole separation of church and state deals. So there you have it, Thomas. I guess he wasn't big on eating Turkey. I guess not. His eating habits were kind of revolutionary for that time. I don't know if you've, heard anything about that where he was he was really big into eating um like he'd eat a tomato in public and things like that which was considered like what you're eating that you're crazy and um i'm sure he would probably not like the american diet too much
1: right Maybe At that's where I get it Midwestern from. The Midwestern diet. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where I get it from eating tomatoes whole. I mean, my my long everybody knows about my uh ancestry being wrapped up in Thomas Thomas uh, Jefferson, so that's probably right where I get it from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so Pilgrims or whatever. Uh, we're getting back to that story here. So Sarah Josepha Hale, she wrote Mary had a little lamb. Can you
0: stop for just a moment? What's your thing with tomatoes? Uh, what do you mean? I I like I like tomatoes. Oh.
1: Like, some people, like, for instance, my brother-in-law, really hate tomatoes, and he won't, like, even eat them and or even look at them. And I'll eat them like an apple, and people think that's weird that I like tomatoes so much, but I do.
0: Hey, Grandpa did that, I think. Yeah,
1: I think so. A little salt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: He also ate onions, like an apple. Do you do that?
1: I'll do that, yeah. Sweet onions. Yeah.
0: you crazy.
1: I don't do that as often as I do the tomatoes, but... Interesting. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Hale, uh, she she campaigns for like 20 years to get Thanksgiving to be a national holiday. And, you know, she says, I think that we should have these days that are designated as giving thanks. Uh, we should give thanks to God. Um, we should do fasting and praying and, and stuff like that. So she she lobbies and writes letters every year to every single governor in the United States and constantly is sending mail to the president.
0: So from the founding of the country all the way up until 1863 when you heard Thanksgiving you're thinking I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray a lot. Well, remember that name Edward Winslow? Uh-huh. Here's the re- yeah, here's the reason why I asked you to remember his name because he wrote down all of this information about what happened back there in 1621 because the pilgrims had this awesome feast and he goes back to London, it gets published and everybody in England is like, whoa, that's awesome. They got together and they had this great meal. Meanwhile, in North America, they're thinking, Thanksgiving? Solemn, prayer, and fasting. (laughs) So the story comes back to North America in the mid-1800s. Sarah Hale says this is awesome. So with that being said, today when you eat your cranberries and your pumpkin pie and your turkey and all of the good stuff that we enjoy on Thanksgiving Day, it's because Sarah Hale really grabbed a hold of Winslow's notes and was like, we need to commemorate this.
1: Lincoln uh, reads the letter, October 3rd, 1863. He says, hey, everybody, the last Thursday in November this year, it's going to be a national holiday. And every president from Lincoln forward through 1941 does the same thing, except for Franklin Roosevelt. We'll get into that here in a minute, but uh, then you know, of course, Congress officially sets the date into law in 1941, and we go from there. But Jason, what's up with Roosevelt? Good old Franklin Roosevelt. He doesn't decide that Thanksgiving is going to be on the uh, the last Thursday.
0: Yeah, because I mean Roosevelt, he knows that he's going to be president for a long time, right? uh uh-huh. yeah, he's, he's going to wield some influence. So what happens is Lou Han, he is the general manager of the Retail Dry Goods Association. And he, says, he summons the Secretary of Commerce, Harry Hopkins, that, you know what, there just aren't enough days between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it's actually the patriotic thing to do to move Thanksgiving to a week earlier, so people have more time to shop.
1: Yeah, Right, and I mean, you got to understand we're coming off the uh, the Great Depression here. And of course, everybody wants to look good and make lots of sales because this is the time of year when stores usually end up making their money for the year. And so it happens. (laughs) Franklin Roosevelt says, you know what, I think... I think we're going to have Thanksgiving one week earlier so we can essentially extend holiday shopping one more week. And that should bolster sales. That should do lots of stuff. And it didn't. It did the exact opposite. There's a lot of protests. There's a lot of people saying, yeah, Thanksgiving. No, we're going to call this Franksgiving. You know, very clever of them uh, because of Franklin Roosevelt in case you didn't get it at first. And (laughs) it just doesn't go over. It sinks like a lead balloon. And uh, it, it ends up going back to the last Thursday in uh, November. Uh, incidentally, a, a Gallup poll says that nah, Democrats, they, they liked it. Republicans, they really hated it. And overall, it was pretty unpopular.
0: Yeah, it's funny because so Republicans very much thinking that this is the most horrible thing ever <laughs> Democrats saying, no, this this makes sense. And um, there were some declarations saying that the moral authority of the president, um, <laughs> that this was all questioning his power and so on. Um, 23 states, as well as the District of Columbia, said, we're going to recognize this non-traditional date. And 22 states said, nope, we're keeping it the traditional date. And Colorado, Mississippi, and Texas say, let's celebrate both. <laughs>
1: well, that's, I think I would fit in one of those
0: states, probably. I, I'm all about that. Yeah.
1: So, Jason, the last episode was about turkeys. No, that's not right. It was about pardons. And uh, this episode's kind of about turkeys. We're going to combine the two here for a minute and talk about pardoning turkeys or just turkeys in general in relation to
0: Thanksgiving. So let's back up just a bit to the Lincoln administration. A lot of us know that the Lincoln family had a lot of animals that came to the White House everything from rabbits to horses to goats. They had a turkey. His name was Jack. Uh, He was delivered to the White House in 1863, and he was meant to be the Lincoln's family Christmas dinner. But Tad, Lincoln's son, took a liking to Jack and trained him to follow behind as the youngest Lincoln marched around the White House lawn in his Union soldier's uniform. You can just picture that. (laughs) Young Tad walk in he's in uniform and Jack the turkey is falling behind
1: I could totally see my kids both doing that also probably annoying the turkey to death but <laughs> uh, President Lincoln had a, a huge soft spot for tad and most parents have a soft spot for their children but especially President Lincoln had a soft spot for tad and he gave him pretty much whatever he wanted and you know this this could happen for lots of stuff but it definitely happened for the turkey. And so Tad says, hey, dad, uh, could you pardon the turkey and we don't have to eat them? And Abe Lincoln says, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm on a I'll pardon him. And he, he of course, used that as his own nickname. And the, the turkey became a pet. So a little while later, uh, President Lincoln sees Jack lining up with some soldiers and um, they're going to go vote. And he says to Tad, hey, Tad, is uh, is Jack going to be voting? And Tad says, no, he's not of age yet. So a little fun in the White House back in the Lincoln days.
0: Yeah. And that's the reason we can shoehorn this episode into election college, because <laughs> that has everything to do with elections.
1: That's right. Or presidents or something.
0: So Ben, what is the deal with pardoning turkeys?
1: So this whole thing starts off back with Harry Truman's president in 1947. And Harry Truman gets a ceremonial turkey from the National Turkey Federation and he eats it. <laughs> and I mean, that's what, the, that's what they wanted. That's what the National Turkey Federation wants. They, they want to raise a turkey for the exclusive use of being eaten. And they want to hand it over to the president and allow him and his family to eat the turkey because that's what you're supposed to do on Thanksgiving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so there is a lot of questions of, well, who was the first president to pardon the turkey? Of course, we know about Abraham Lincoln and Jack. Uh, so it's John F. Kennedy who gets credit for pardoning a turkey, being the first one in our modern era. To issue a presidential pardon for a 40-pound turkey back in 1963.
1: Richard Nixon is the next one up who gets that bird from wherever they sent it from and says, "Um, let's just send it to a petting zoo. That's fine. We don't mind. And then Ronald Reagan is the first one who actually say explicitly, we're going to pardon it. And uh, it actually was not in the midst of talking about pardoning a turkey. Uh, He was trying to deflect some uh, questions about the Iran-Contra scandal and you know, whether or not he's going to pardon some of those people. And there's this turkey named Charlie uh, that they're already going to send off to a petting zoo. And uh, a reporter asks Reagan, well, are you going to pardon them or not? And <laughs> Reagan says, if they'd given me a different answer on Charlie and his future, I would have pardoned him. So he starts talking about pardoning birds. And then a couple years later, George H.W. Bush actually formalizes pardoning the turkeys as a ceremony. And uh, from there, there you have it. It's history from there.
0: So the turkeys, they go back to a farm in Virginia and keep in mind that these turkeys are bred to eat, right? They're fattened up with uh, corn and soybeans. And, you know, we can get into discussions about their diet and how they're treated. Um, But they're, too big to fly. <laughs> um, their bone structures can't hold all of that weight for very long and their organs will actually fail if they're kept alive. So uh, some animal rights groups are saying, hey, this doesn't sound like a a good thing, but um, they don't live very long anyway after they're pardoned.
1: Yeah, it's almost like it would be better if you ate them but i'm also a mediator so that's my opinion doesn't have to be yours
0: so but i'm all about you know if it can be a organic turkey that would be very nice of course and, and tastier
1: are you telling me that those butterball turkeys at the at the supermarket aren't real
0: i'm not saying anything <laughs>
1: okay so there you have it. That is how Thanksgiving and turkeys and pardons and presidents all work here in our United States of America. And then of course, after Thanksgiving, you have Black Friday and that's tomorrow. And then uh, Christmas starts up. And Jason, do you know what happens around Christmas time? Um, I put on an ugly Christmas sweater t-shirt I was going to say something very similar to that. People get invited to those crazy parties and they need something to wear. And we just happen to have a few different ugly Christmas sweater t-shirts that you can uh, purchase over at electioncollege.com slash store.
0: Yeah, and don't forget, we're going to be in Washington, D.C. on Monday and Tuesday. And as always, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews are on iTunes.
1: Thanks everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving and we will talk to you next time.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.